Welcome to You Wanted a Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast Theo Beidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring a song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play. Before we begin, I should say, you have talked about the funny little thing from Sierra Nevada uh, at nauseum. I feel like I've heard a lot about this beer. And I wanted you to be a part of my first set. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Let's try this guy out. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is so exciting. I've been obsessed. That's delicious. Isn't that so good? That's dangerous. It's not overly sweet? No. Yeah, normally it's a, so it's a citrus wheat ale, mm-hmm. which is normally not what I would gravitate to. Not at all. Same here. That's fantastic. It's so good. Uh, uh, so let's, let's get to it. I hear you got a good one for me. You got, you uh, I got do. A, a beefy one for me. I do. It's This is way beefier than I thought it was going to be. I really thought this was just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's like kind of silly, but there's not much to it. But man, there's a lot of really great stuff here. Here is your audio clue to what we will be talking about today. I know this. You definitely know that. Sounds like Huey Lewis. Close. I guess kind of close. Maybe I don't know this. Yes, you do. (laughs) Am I going to know the chorus? Like, absolutely. Okay. Iconic. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, great. <laughs> Here we go. The anticipation is killing me. I mean, <laughs> it sounds like every other 80s song. Uh, all right, all right. I think I've only ever heard this part of the song. Or maybe, like, this is all I've ever picked up on. There's a certain pantheon of songs that, 80s songs specifically, that are, like, some I absolutely love, and the ones that I don't fully know, I just kind of chalk up to, like, oh, they're probably in a famous movie, and and that's and it feels very 80s movie song, this one. Oh, big time. Big time. Big time 80s movie band here. The song is... Everybody Have Fun Tonight by British New Wave and dance rock duo, sometimes trio, Wang Chung. I've never heard of this band. But again, I know the song. But you've heard the band's name in the song because the chorus is Everybody Have Fun Tonight, Everybody Wang Chung Tonight. Oh, see, I never picked up on that. That is amazing. I am learning have so it. much already. It is such a ridiculous song. Now I want every band. And, and solo artists to cover this song and then add their own name. I, I actually really like when bands have uh, songs. This isn't named after the band, but obviously the band name's in the song. I like when bands have songs that are either about the band or it's like a self-titled song. Like Wilco has one that's great. Um, trying to think. There's definitely some other ones that I that I dig. But I don't know. I always kind of find it charming when that happens. Yeah, it's a little meta. It's a little... Uh... Wang Chung, for the most part, is the duo of guitarist-vocalist Jack Hughes, whose real name is Jeremy Ryder, which at first I was like, that's a way better rock star name than Jack Hughes. Uh, Jack Hughes is a play on Emile Zola's 1898 open letter, Jacques Hughes. Jack Hughes. Jacques Hughes. Do you know know about this letter? I don't. So it's one of the most famous uh, newspaper articles in history. Oh. Zola addressed President of France Felix Faure, 
I don't speak French, and accused his government of anti-Semitism and the unlawful jailing of Alfred Dreyfus, a French army general staff officer who was sentenced to lifelong penal servitude for espionage. This was published on the front page of the Parisian newspaper, and Zola was actually found guilty of libel, after which he fled to England. Uh, And again, it's one of the best-known newspaper articles in history. So that's how Jack Hughes got his stage name. Wow. Uh, The other main member of Wang Chung is bassist vocalist Nick Feldman. Mm. Not as exciting. I feel like Nick should have taken the Jack Hughes name. We should have kept Jeremy Ryder, and we all could have kept this together. I totally agree. Uh, in 1971, when Hughes was 17, in Gillingham, Kent, England, he formed the rock band Scab Harry, uh, quickly came to the front of the Gillingham music scene. Featured in this young group of progressive musicians were, obviously, Jack Hughes, who at the time was going by Jez, uh, Gordon Bill Clift, I don't know how that works, uh, <laughs> Andy Collins on tenor sax and flute, and Nigel Robinson on drums. Uh, in the months to follow, yeah, right, great name. In the months to follow, uh, some other members of the band came on board. They played some London colleges. They did support the band Vinegar Joe, which a young Robert Palmer was playing keyboards for them, addicted to love, Robert Palmer. Uh, and they were heavily influenced by Cream and the Beatles. After college in 1977, Nick Feldman, on the other hand, put an ad in the classifieds of the famed London music magazine, Melody Maker. And he said it was a rather large, very misleading advert, basically fooling everybody that I had a record deal. (laughs) Living up to my Nick Despig image. Nick Despig later became his stage name for Wang Chung. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) And he says... Jack fell for the article completely. We started working together, went through a couple bands, and then we met drummer Darwin, another concocted name. Oh my God. And got another band together. And then we met sax player Hog. Which I hope is just like a sax player from Alabama and it's a real name. (laughs) Not a real name. Somehow finding himself here. Uh, Signed to Arista and released our first record. So the band that they formed before Wang Chung was called The Intellectuals with a K instead of a C. Mm, Very intellectual. Yeah, and it was kind of an art punk band, which was popular at the time. They split in 1978, and the drummer in that band was Paul Hammond, who also played in noted prog rock bands Atomic Rooster and Hard Stuff in the 70s. And actually, when he was in Atomic Rooster, he replaced original drummer Carl Palmer, who left to form Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Look at that. They then formed another band called 57 Men with Lee Gorman, who was future bassist of Adam and the Ants and Bow Wow Wow, which was a new wave band. I didn't know this. They were kind of a hand-picked new wave band created by executive Malcolm McLaren, who also discovered the Sex Pistols uh, for EMI. So it kind of a boy band thing there. Interesting. Did not know that. Uh, Glenn Gregory was also in this band. And he went on to form influential synth-pop band Heaven 17, who collaborated with Tina Turner, Billy Preston, Shaka Khan, Soft Cell, Erasure, LaRue, and more. And then the other guy in Heaven 17, Martin Ware, was a member of the Human League and produced Let's Stay Together by Tina Turner. We've got a whole new wave world here. I feel like I need one of those like criminal investigation boards <laughs> yeah. with like, the pictures and all the strings. Looking crazy like uh, Charlie yeah, Day. Yeah, I was going to say, always sunny. the Charlie Day <laughs> meme. Uh, it's a tangled web of yeah. synthesized British collaborations, formations, breakups. It's a whole scene. I feel like it's like a fantasy world of I guess this British new wave. That probably happened. I feel like the, the British rock scene, well, any decade, is a, a much smaller subsect of of music happening in the country compared to like the u.s where you have like multiple pockets of music happening i mean the u.s would be like the equivalent of you know combining the music scenes of of the uk and germany and france and spain i mean it's it's right um and yeah especially within scenes there the punk scene the new wave scene together but this is a lot of people that were extremely successful i mean that's pretty impressive so after that band broke up Hughes, Feldman, and drummer Darren Costin formed Huan Chung. 
H-U-A-N-G. Okay. Huan Chung means yellow bell in Chinese. Feldman had read it in a book, and then he later discovered it's also the first notes in the Chinese classical music scale, which is kind of neat. Yeah. All the band members, as we said, use pseudonyms. They released their first song, Baby, I'm Human. Uh, <laughs> H-U-Dash-M-A-N. It's like a less catchy version of Everybody Have Fun Tonight. And they do, on, on this record, have the Chinese symbols for Quan Chung. I'm feeling this. Yeah. It's funky. Got, yeah, very funky. It's got a lot of horns in it. Mm, okay. Not bad. Uh, so they released a song on a compilation for independent label 101 Records in 1980. Later that year, another indie label, Rewind Records, signed Huan Chung and released their first single. Or are they going by Wang Chung? They're now? just Huan Chung still. H-U-A-N-G Chung. Right, okay, right. Wine Chung is what they got, end up coming with, right? Correct, which we'll, uh, okay, okay, we'll get into. Uh, this is their first official single, Isn't It About Time You Were On TV? It sounds just like the police. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Like down to the crazy bass lines and, the, and playing the bell on the ride, super fast in the chorus. I mean, it's... Uh, this didn't do much on the radio. Well, it's about TV. But... So, yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah. As a DJ, I'd be like, yeah. uh, But Aristo Records somehow heard it, and they signed the band in 81. And at that time, the band added a sax player, Dave Bernand, who went by Hog Robinson. Hog Robinson. <laughs> There's Hog. Wow. Hog's in the band. Uh, they released a couple singles in 81, 82, nothing of note. And then they released a self-titled album on Aristo Records in March of 82. Uh, it was produced by Rhett Davies of Roxy Music fame. And it uh, didn't make a splash. <laughs> got nothing. Uh, not, not much happened. They did tour quite a bit, gained some valuable experience, honed their musical skills. They took a short break, and they contributed songwriting and production to an album by a band called Blanket of Secrecy. Hmm. The band was notable because for several years, no one knew who was in this band. Oh, the band only used the pseudonyms Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, and Spy. Oh, wow. I love this. Yeah. Of course, in reference to the 1974 UK spy novel Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy, which is known for its provocative social commentary in 2011. There is a film with Gary Oldman that's very okay. good. Um, so this reference actually led people to speculate that the band was Elvis Costello's backing band, The Attractions. Uh-huh. Mr. Costello denied this. Uh, but he made a lot of references to spies and espionage in his songs, famously. So that's why people thought this. They also had some musical similarities. There was also speculation that Jack Hughes of Juan Chung was a vocalist, which was not true. He did score the songs and write some songs on the record, but no one from Juan Chung were actual members of Blanket Society. Okay. They wrote songs and helped produce and program. It was actually a gang of musicians, producers, and songwriters in the peripheral new wave scene we talked about including members of Manfred Mann's Earth Band, Easy Street, and some other notable bands. A super fan named Gary Elmar eventually solved the mystery. He did tons of research and solved the mystery. There's some uh, newspaper articles written about him. He finally found out who this band was. It's kind of cool. So shout out to Gary. If this happened now, this could be a great podcast series. It would. I I was following around Gary's podcast, figuring out... (laughs) Who blanket blanket of secrecy? Yeah, I would love that. Actually, Gary should—if he's still around—he should make a podcast just like recounting how he yeah. did this. Hi, Gary. After this little detour, Quan Chung released an effervescent, reverb-heavy, dance club-ready new single titled "Dance Hall Days." Dance Hall Days. Wait, I know you song, know right? this song, right? Yeah, yeah. I love this song. Yeah, it's a great. Song. This is such a great song. Yeah, uh, immediate banger. Just goes right in. And for years, I, I would frequently forget who sang it. I feel like every time I'd hear it, I'd be like, is this Human League? Is this Duran Duran? Oh, who is this? I feel like I always thought it was Human League. Yeah, it's, it sounds like Human League. 
It's such a banger. It's such a great song. So Dance Hall Days uh, was written while Jack was teaching guitar to high school kids and a student didn't cool. show up for lessons. He was fiddling around during his 20 minutes of spare time, he says, and out came the song. Uh, he was, the song, the song is about uh, the book Lolita, uh, which is a classic book that I feel like has become controversial over time. Uh, but he wrote it about how the internal struggles progressively led to self-degradation. He says he just read it, and uh, there is a central character in the book named Dolores Hayes, which kind of sounds like Dance Hall Days. Mm-hmm. And he kind of interlinked all this. So it's really about her. Um, mm. And the book deals with a man's lust for a young girl, which is where the controversy comes from, and the growing paranoia that this brings into his life. Uh, the song is about kind of that innocence that turns into self-destruction. And he says, there are three verses. The first one leads with take your baby by the hand, very innocent gesture. And then it ends with stuff like grab your baby by the ears. And it's basically about growing Mm -hmm. up and growing, becoming neurotic and paranoid about your relationships with other people. So it's deeper than just uh, just, just a dance club song. It was released in 1982 and didn't chart. It was dubbed a failure by the band's management, and Arista dropped Huan Chung. Oh, no. And then they kept touring, and at one show, and our executive, John Kalodner, saw them and picked them up for Geffen Records, and they were only the second UK-based act to sign with Geffen at the time. Oh, wow. The first one was Asia. Oh. It's the band Asia. Damn. (laughs) However... John Lennon also signed to Geffen in 1980, but at the time he was based in New York. Okay. We'll, so we'll claim his him. stint there. Yeah, you know, so they're actually the third. However, our man Hogg left the band due oh, to no. creative differences. He got his, uh, his visa revoked and had to go back to Alabama? <laughs> yeah, probably. In 1983, they're signed to Geffen, and David Geffen himself makes a bold suggestion. He asserts that the general public was continually mispronouncing the band name because it wasn't phonetic in English. Mm. I did have to look up the pronunciation, I have to admit. Yeah, we're dumb over here. Yeah. In light of this, the band changed their name to Wang Chung. There we go. Which means essentially nothing. Hmm. Wang in Chinese... Essentially nothing or it means nothing. (laughs) It would be great if Wang Chung translated to essentially nothing. Um, No, it's meaningless. Uh, I I did some research here. Wang or Wang in Chinese means king or prince and Chung means all sorts of things based on what it's paired with. It's frequently a verb, which means to open up or to spread, or it's an adjective for flat objects. None of these combinations turn it into anything meaningful. However, uh, the band started telling journalists that it meant perfect pitch in Chinese. This is not true. Well, who's to argue? <laughs> and, and maybe a little offensive. They're just like flippantly using the Chinese language. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it means. We're just going to make shit up. Yeah, it's definitely slightly problematic. So shortly after that, the band meets Ross Cullum and Chris Hughes, uh, who was an ex-member of Adam and the Ants, back to them, and also was a producer for Tears for Fears and Howard Jones. And the band got to work on their mm-hmm. second album, Points on a Curve, which was recorded at Abbey Road Studios, back to the Beatles. Uh, everyone in the band for this record decided to go back to their real names. So no more Darwin, no more Disbig, except for Jack Hughes. Mm. But it's, it's, it's solidified now. He's going strong. Do we know what room in Abbey Road this is? I don't know, actually. Okay. I'm unsure. So really, the fakest name at this point is the band name. <laughs> <laughs> On this album, they decided to take another swing at dance hall days. They re-recorded the song. Uh, especially after their new manager, David Massey, who went on to run A&R at several major record companies. I know David Massey. I used to work with him. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. When I managed uh, Trap Society. That's amazing. He ran, he ran Island at the time. Uh, that is incredible. Oh, I love it. Great guy. Yeah, that's great. great. He just started managing the band. And uh, he said, we have to revisit Dance All Days. It's going to be a hit. And he convinced Gaffin of the same. Let them put it on the record. And they released it on the album, and it reached number 21 in the UK charts, number 16 on the US charts, but number one on the US dance charts. 
So this is the version that I know. This is the version. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This was also in addition to another moderately successful song called Don't Let Go. And it allowed them to start touring internationally and gain a dedicated fan base. In October, they were on tour with the Cars. And drummer Darren Costin, also known as Darwin, left the band. Oh, no. He later pursued another project called Heroes with ex-Schiltz member Michael Caswell and Right Said Fred drummer Chuck Sabo. Wow. Back to Right Said Fred. After that, Wang Chung was tapped to make music for two iconic films. They wrote and recorded the entire soundtrack for William Friedkin's 1985 noir classic To Live and Die in L.A. Great movie. Willem Dafoe. Uh, the title track, To Live and Die in L.A. by Wang Chung, peaked at number 41 in the Billboard Hot 100. And then John Hughes tapped them for a song on the soundtrack for 1985's Stone Cold classic, The Breakfast Club. However, one I, think of the it's one of those, of all time. I think it's one of those songs that was on the soundtrack and then didn't make it in the movie. Like, they just um, pack it with some cool songs to sell more of the soundtrack. Yeah. But that's one of the best-selling movie soundtracks of all time. So Is it? Yep. And Wang Chung's an song... That'd be interesting list to read. It would be. Wang Chung's song was the second single after uh, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple wow. Minds. But it, it didn't do a whole lot. There's a cool video. But after their uh, stint making film music, they made an album called Mosaic. And this album featured two of their biggest hits. Two. Let's Go, which reached number nine on the U.S. Hot 100. Um... I wasn't as familiar with um, yeah, I'm here. Might as well listen to it. Uh, the video, though, is so 80s cheese. It's pretty great. <laughs> definitely definitely worth worth a look. Oh, my God. I mean, video. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, this cultural appropriation? Or are we, like, uh, uh, definitely cultural sim- appropriation. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I love the bolo tie, though. What I like is that... The video that you sent me is from the, the Wang Chung, the band. It's their uh, their YouTube yes. account. And the video was posted on Christmas Day 2009. Oh. So I like the fact that that was when they were like, you know what we should do today? We should put all our videos up on YouTube. This new YouTube like, thing. Hey, I Nick, from. I was drunk on eggnog and put all of our videos on YouTube. I mean, this video is like straight out of like 1980s Nickelodeon. It's kind of like... Uh, like maybe Talking Heads or like Peter Gabriel, but that's... yeah. Oh, here we go. I'm getting bored now. It. I think I know it. It's not really. It's not their best. You know what? It feels familiar, but it kind of feels like a. Uh, what's that new band? Uh, it's a new band. Uh, not new. Like a couple years old. Walk the Moon. Maybe? Walk the Moon. That's Is that what it? I was thinking. This sounds like a Walk the Moon song. No. So let's go. Is on uh, the record Mosaic, and also. Drum roll, please. Everybody have fun tonight. It's on this record. All right. Here we, we go. Have reached here we go. The Wang Chunging of Wang Chung. It does include the most famous lyric by the band, Everybody Wang Chung Tonight, <laughs> which is why I think the song is a really strange phenomenon. I never knew this. I love that. I think that's so great. Um, the song was collaboratively written by Hughes, Feldman, and producer Peter Wolf, an award winning Austrian classical pianist turned rocker who played keys for Frank Zappa in the 70s. He started producing in the 80s, pumping out hits by the Commodores, Kenny Loggins, Patti LaBelle, and produced what is widely regarded as one of the worst songs ever made, We Built the City by Starship. Wow. <laughs> that, is, that is debatable. <laughs> I said widely regarded because it, yeah, it's a fun song. Though. Uh, Wolf, after this, turned to composing music for film including the scores for Never Ending Story 3, a movie which notably features a young Jack Black. Uh, Weekend uh-huh. at Bernie's 2. <laughs> I love the, uh, the follow-ups. And the Oscar-winning film Nutcracker and Mouse King. 2. No. <laughs> 1.5. Uh, Everybody Have Fun, interestingly, was originally a ballad. Interesting. And here is the original version of oh, the song. Wow. Okay. This is 
weird. I know. It's it's kind of got like a U2 ballad thing going on. I was on. thinking like some of Bowie's ballads have this vibe. Yeah, I could see that too. The chorus for sure. Here we go. Weird. Yeah, it's interesting. I like it. But it's very different. Yeah. Well, so they do say everybody Wang Chunk Night in the ballad, which is honestly super It weird. makes it much more creepier. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. It was supposed to be ironic. So, like, everybody have fun tonight is ironic in this ballad version. Right. And it's written from the perspective of the person hosting the party. It's 3 a.m. Everyone's messy, passing out. You know, you're super drunk. You're feeling a little sad. The party's over. And the host is, like, left to pick up the pieces ah. of the party. So, basically, like, a, I hope you guys had fun. Okay, so it's more of, like, a, uh, like a question. Yeah. I like, like, everybody have fun tonight? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of it that way. I like that. I'm drinking some Dark Matter Coffee cold brew that I mm. made uh, from their Love Supreme blend. And uh, it's treating me well. It's uh, giving me a little energy. I'm, I'm going out later. I'm going to a, a gallery showing with a couple buddies. So uh, highbrow of you, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to get that get that energy going. Speaking of dark matter coffee, those that don't know or those that need a reminder, they are offering free shipping specifically for listeners of you wanted a hit. If you go to darkmattercoffee.com, select all of your beans and stuff, uh, and any merch. I have some great merch from them. It's uh, wanted a hit pod is the code. Put that in at checkout. Free shipping, no matter how many beans you get. Jack Hughes was on the Just My Show podcast. And he said on the podcast, most of the time we write separately, but Everybody Have Fun Tonight is actually quite a collaborative song. When we came up with the original line, I then went with a Hey Jude style ballad around it, trying to be ironic. Okay. But when we got to the studio, Peter Wolf, he was like, this is an amazing dance hit. You rock the tempo. You've got to really deliver what the title suggests. And we decided that we wanted a hit record. So we actually did what we were told for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I love when like artists are self-aware enough to be like, ah, fuck it. We we want a hit. Uh, The original demo was recorded in Nick's flat in London around Christmas time. The one that we heard. I don't know if that's the original demo. Um, they, so they released the ballad version on a greatest hits later. So it wasn't actually released until then. So I'm assuming it's the demo. Uh, it kind of sounds like it would be, but because it is Christmas time, the original had like sleigh bells and stuff in it. (laughs) And they were kind of going for like a Disney sort of atmosphere, they say, which is weird. It's kind of a dark song, but he said, obviously it changed. Yeah. Disney can be dark. Uh, Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that, yeah. uh, you know, the song just changed as they started to think about it more. Uh, but he did feel like when they turned it into a dance hit, they had to make a decision about the band. And they said, are we going to be like a film band? Are we going to keep making this film music because it's going really well? Or are we going to have a mm-hmm. hit record and we're going to be a hit record band? Is that what we want? And we know what they picked. Well, I, I appreciate that they're like, either direction, we're going to be fucking rich artists. <laughs> yeah, probably. I like it. Uh, you know, it's like very, uh, very confident in itself. Yes. So they did change the words a little bit. Uh, and if you read <laughs> the lyrics, uh, th- this song doesn't make any sense. Like the first verse is about wanting to be with somebody. And he says, I drive a million miles to be with you. But then it goes into like the music's on and then they say rip it up a few times famously and everybody have fun tonight. (laughs) And then the second verse, he says like our hearts are beating safe and sound in the world tonight, which is weird. Like I'll hold you close. Like it it becomes kind of like, I don't know, a little like apocalyptic. And then it goes even more into that in the third verse on the edge of oblivion and all the world is Babylon and all the love and everyone, a ship of fools sailing on. (laughs) Wow. Like, so I really don't know what's going on in this song. When he said that they wrote it collaboratively, did he mean that like one person wrote one verse, another person wrote the other, 
one person with a chorus, and they're just like, yeah, fuck it, let's put it together. <laughs> I mean, it feels like that, right? Have they explained it ever? They, I'm sure you'll get there. Well, kind of. They've they've explained what Wang Chung means in the song. <laughs> so Nick Feldman says, Wang Chung is the feeling, okay. not the word. It represents an abstract and escape from pragmatic, complex ideas. Wang Chung means whatever you want it to mean. Have fun with it. That's the whole idea of the line, everybody Wang Chung tonight. It feels, well, it feels very like hip hoppy in a way, in the sense of like, not necessarily repping the name of the artist or the band, but repping like the feeling behind it. Like dropping yeah. your own name, just say like, you know, we're here right. at, you know, yeah. the show or whatever. I'm sure there's a Wu-Tang song that's like oh, that. 100%. Um, another Chinese, <laughs> Chinese name for uh, I mean, like, non-Chinese group. I guess that's like more yeah. of a threat, more yeah. of a, you know, but. But yeah, kind of. He says that if you're doing the Wang Chung, it can mean a tribal dance, a Viennese waltz, a party in New York, or whatever. Which is like, (laughs) it's funny that they have a Chinese name, or interesting that they have a Chinese name, because that's kind of a Buddhist way of thinking, like getting away from the complex world and just like existing. Yeah. So the line, everybody Wang Chung tonight, perplexed listeners, created a catchphrase that is etched in history. in the 80s, you know, unusual lyrics with a catchy beat could become a hit. Susudio, look yeah. at you. Uh, Holly Knight, who wrote Obsession and Love is a Battlefield, mm. said, you come up with something that's very infectious and anthemic, and the key is to try and put something out of the box on top of that and just throw a wrench in things. Which I feel like mm. is what they're doing here with Wang Chung. Almost like the lyrics don't necessarily matter. It's more about the feeling, everything behind it. They're kind of like... Right. Which... Don't There's plenty of pop it. songs that are like that. Yeah. yeah. But not a lot of pop songs that say everybody Wang Chung no. tonight. <laughs> or that say everybody insert band name here tonight. <laughs> right. Uh, so the band, they look back on the phrase everybody Wang Chung tonight. And they say Wang Chung became part of the contemporary culture of North America. Our huge smash, everybody have fun tonight. What's now famous line, everybody Wang Chung tonight. Saw the invention of a new U.S. <laughs> verb to wang chung like okay all right now we're getting a little grandiose so people do make jokes about I mean, this it this is like again like well and now a lot of kids are named Susudio. it's like no, right exactly yeah it really reminded <laughs> me of that it really reminded me of that and I'm, I'm sure they knew phil at the time yeah um and i tried to find if there's a consensus on what if people were using the phrase wang chung what did it mean it's really no different than Susudio. I mean, I've uh, never woken up the next morning and looked at my friends after a, for a heavy night of drinking and been like, yeah, we went chunged last night, am I right? Oh, but you're going to do that this weekend, Definitely. I think. <laughs> Tonight. Uh, yeah, so the most common I saw is simply to party. Uh, I did also see two other definitions that were floating around. One was the sound of striking electric guitar strings. Okay. I don't know why. I feel like that would be more appropriate for dance hall days. Yeah. Um, and then also <laughs> when you're trying to sleep during a party, which kind of makes sense uh, from, considering from, the subject of the original song. Yeah, from the ballad version, sure. Yeah, I kind of like that. Um, you are also welcome to, you and the listeners, um, look up all the various definitions of Wang Chung on Urban Dictionary. Oh. I will not be repeating them here. <laughs> uh, I was actually really bummed because I saw that Nick Feldman was on a radio show in Australia a few years ago, and he discussed his surprise at the Urban Dictionary definitions of Wang Chung. Oh, wow. But I couldn't get it to play because it was geoblocked. Oh, no. So our Australian listeners out there, I know there's a few of you I've looked it up. Uh, Wait, can't we get like a VPN or something? I probably could do that. I didn't have time. Okay, fair. But You were, uh, you were any, Wang Chunging too much this week. I, I this. really was. Uh, if, if any Australian listeners out there want to check out this radio show that Nick Feldman was on. Uh, I think you can just Google Nick Feldman Urban Dictionary Radio. Uh, you could probably listen to it. Well, I want to hear his reactions because uh, some of these definitions were... Uh, I love how you're not even touching this where I'll just bring a whole podcast episode about <laughs> waiting to see my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also like, you know, those definitions are... A lot of times, just like college kids making shit up. College kids love to Wang Chung. They do. I Wang Chunged a lot in college. 
You take that as you will. <laughs> After you read uh, Urban Dictionary, you take that as you will. <laughs> uh, back to Tina Turner. Sure. After uh, Everybody Have Fun Tonight, the band went on tour with Tina Turner in the U.S. during her Break Every Rule tour. I have to admit, I never thought Tina Turner would be a part of this She's come up three times. Because... In this episode. Yeah, and she's just has so many bangers that no. would never touch this episode or this podcast. Tina's incredible. We love Tina. We're going to watch the Everybody Have Fun Tonight music video. Can't wait. We have a lot to talk about with this video. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I found a lot of information about this video, which is great because we, uh, we don't always find a lot from these 80s videos. I love this. It's a really like, cool video. It's stop motion in a sense. Yeah. And every, every note or every beat is a different yep. uh, kind of frame if you will and then as different instruments come in they crop up it's very peter gabriel-esque very peter gabriel-esque um so the video was directed by godly and cream who were a band but they also directed music videos they directed the police every breath you take and wrapped around your finger they directed girls on film and a view to a kill from duran duran back to a view to a kill (laughs) we talked about that a few episodes ago uh and also two tribes by frankie goes to hollywood and the power of love, he was in the news. Okay. Yep. Back to you, Lewis. The editing in the video uh, is kind of like a flip book. Uh, they use jitter, which is uh, when it comes to videos or images, it occurs when the horizontal lines of video image frames are randomly displaced due to the corruption or synchronization signals or electromagnetic interference during video transmission. Whoa. Model-based de-jittering study has been carried out under the framework of digital image and video restoration, but they actually <laughs> used it to make the video, to make it look cool. That's very cool. Uh, so each shot flips up to four takes of the same shot, with some shots approaching up to 1 25th of a second between edits, which is pretty amazing. So again, like back in the 80s, this would have been very difficult to do. Yeah, this video took forever, for sure. Yeah. Um, however, in a 1987 article in the LA Times, the video is described as an MTV staple, but it's documented that the BBC refused to air the clip because it was too many frames per second. Wow. A medical expert retained by the BBC screening committee claimed that the video's split-second editing technique could possibly trigger epileptic fits in viewers. I mean, I could see it. What say Wang Chung about this? <laughs> it's absolutely ludicrous, says Nick. I mean, they told Mozart his music had too many notes, and look what it did for his career. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, he also went on to say, you either get eccentricity or this rather conservative view of things. Our video violated BBC's guidelines on how many frames per second you can have on any transmission, so it was banned. They said that if we wanted, we could speed it up or do something to change it. So we sped it up to make it legally okay, and they still didn't show it. Mm. Feldman did say that the video uh, wound up airing on the BBC eventually on a show called Entertainment USA, which was a show that covered what was popular in America. <laughs> but the song was so huge in the States that it was on the countdown. What? So the BBC has got some sort of vendetta against I our boys so. and Wang Chung. Yeah, I'm not about Weird. it. All right, let's get to charting. Everybody Have Fun Tonight by Wang Chung reached number two on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Ooh. Ooh. And guess when it reached number two? Uh, uh, when it reached? Yeah. What day? Did, oh, Christmas Day? Christmas Day. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, kind of a, another self-fulfilling prophecy by Wang Chung. Uh, it reached number two. That was its peak. It could not beat Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. Wow. Which hit number one. Uh, however, uh, Everybody Have Fun Tonight did hit number one in Canada hmm. in January of the following year. A lot of cultural appropriation going on at the top of the charts there. <laughs> uh, yes, there is. So let's look at what else was on the chart Mm-mm. at the time. It was stacked. We have Walk Like an Egyptian at number one by the Bengals. Number two, Everybody Have Fun Tonight by Wang Chung. Number three, Duran Duran Notorious. A great song. Wait. Oh, I gotta look it up you know Notorious. It's Notorious B.I.G. sampled it. Notorious. Oh. No, no, oh. Notorious. Which Hold I believe on, I was hear. produced by Niall Rogers and he plays guitar on it. Oh. Hold on, let me hear it there. 
Honestly, it's a jam, but I'm a Duran Duran fan. So. Me too. After that is Shake You Down by Gregory Abbott. Not familiar, am I? Here we go. We keep Shake doing this, but it's down. fun. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the, of the show. Ooh. Not to be confused with uh, Texas and Governor Greg Abbott. This is definitely not him. Oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh. Oh, one hundred percent a song that if you had, like if you were like hey, a million dollars to this, I would have never. It's got that synthesized harmonica that was popular at the time. Oh yeah. What a cool looking dude. Uh, number five, the way it is. Bruce Hornsby in the range. That song is one of the greatest songs of all time, hands down. Number six is "Say La Vie," Robbie Neville. Not, not "Say La Vie," Bewitched, which was a '90s hit by the Irish girl group. This sounds familiar. I don't remember the song. Yeah. The, the guy kind of looks like Tommy Wiseau. I was going to say Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Number seven is one of my favorite songs of all time. Janet Jackson, Control. Mm. Which Dang. was number one for a long time. I think it's on its, it's, it's, on its way up at this time. So it's probably going to dethrone the Bengals soon. Up number eight. Hold Bruce, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I guess <laughs> Robbie Neville, who looked like Timothy Chalamet, as I mentioned, uh, in, mm-hmm. his, in his 80s day. It looks like he went on to be a film composer, perhaps. Uh, here's a picture of him at the ASCAP Awards more recently. Okay. Oh wow! You know when you know in X Men when that senator like turns into a fish. That's what he looks like. <laughs> uh, also on its way up at number eight is War by Bruce Springsteen. Mm, great song. Yep. Number nine, Stand by Me by Ben E. King. I don't know why this is back on the charts. Uh, probably the movie. Yeah, it had it been right. 86. Yep. That's why. There you go. Yeah. So it's back on the charts. Kind of like a uh, Kate Bush thing, like what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, and then number 10, we have Don't Get Me Wrong by The Pretenders. So. Wow. Pretty stacked top 10 here. Yeah, outside of those two. Like, the album, Mosaic, earned a gold certification by the RIAA, and it hit number 41 on the Billboard 200 album chart. Not bad for a record with you know, essentially one big hit song. And another song it did okay. Sure. No, no, Not bad. Um, the single sold a fuck ton of copies because uh, it was number one on the, also number one on the dance club chart. I mean, yeah, you Clubs know what for playing this. Yeah. Okay. I've played, I've played everybody have fun tonight. Yeah, in the DJ yeah. set. Yeah. Yeah. The band did find their greatest success in the U S they had five top 40 hits here. Damn. All charting between 83 and 87. Uh, um, they had one final U.S. Top 40 single, uh, Hypnotize Me, which reached number 36, uh, and that was featured on the soundtrack of the 1987 film Inner Space. They were still doing soundtrack stuff even after that. Interestingly, there are not very many covers of this song, but also not interestingly, because the lyrics are dumb. <laughs> I don't know how many people want to cover this. I know, but now I want every band to cover this right. song and put their own name in the in the everybody everybody Tina Turner tonight everybody yeah. Haim tonight everybody Huey Lewis in the News tonight I, I want I want, all. <laughs> I want I want everyone to to put their own name in here everybody slip not tonight <laughs> that's what I want to hear well it would have to be hear. in their own uh, style so that it could be really interesting everybody guard tonight I mean you know there's, there's... Mac Miller hmm. sings the line in a rap verse in his 2010 no, song cool. Traffic in the Sky which is actually a jam I don't know if you know that song and in 2020 oh. Wang Chung kind of covered themselves yeah please oh wow oh wow this is like Think very uh, 2020 yeah on the nose pandemic oh yeah little kids holding signs they do look really good playing this at home the guys look great i mean still sounds good too we have a kids corner 
Oh, thank God. Kids Incorporated, back at it with Wang Chong. Everybody have fun tonight. Uh, We talked about this show a couple episodes ago. It was a show that debuted in 1983. Kind of like a Mickey Mouse Club thing, but they really just like cover pop songs. What's up with the car? I don't know. It's very weird. All all their outfits, too, are like sparkly tuxedos. They all look like like they're in Dumb and Dumber in the the, (laughs) the, uh, owl ball scene. Well done, kid. Beyond this, uh, this song has been in what's seeming like countless examples of film and TV. Perhaps the most famous in the 80s was in the show Cheers. Fraser Crane is getting ready for his bachelor party. You know, I I was listening to a rock and roll station on my way over here. You know, it put me in the mood. There was a passage in one of those tribal songs that I feel, uh, well, is the keynote for this evening. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. It's also a joke in Austin Powers because they talk about how the um, moon laser, he calls it the Alan Parsons project because Alan Parsons was the (laughs) name of the scientist who worked on it. Uh, Scotty says something about Wang Chung. Um, I remember this. It's also in one of my favorite films that probably doesn't have a good Rotten Tomatoes score. The snowboarding comedy Out Cold. Oh, great. Great movie. Right? Uh, Zach Galifianakis is talking about his mantras for life. Oh, my God. Has an 8%. An 8%? Oh, (laughs) God. 84% audience score. Okay, there we go. The people are always right. Um, Well, it's funny (laughs) because I think I have okay taste in movies, but I also like, you know, shitty comedies and stuff. And I talked about... Saving Silverman and the Safety Dance. And I think that has like an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Another movie from my youth at that time. I thought that was probably more well-received. I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe it has like a 12. Uh, 19%. It's gotten Mm. dope. I forget forget what... I forget what Zach Galifianakis says, but they're like in the hot tub and he says like, you know, that's my mantra for life. And it's something very serious. And he's like, well, that and everybody Wang Chong tonight. <laughs> uh, the song itself can be heard in the TV shows. That 70s show, The Simpsons, South Park, This Is Us, Workaholics, Psych, Gilmore Girls. There's way more. And in films, Goosebumps, Ricky and the Flash with Meryl Streep, Walk of Shame, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, Take Me Home Tonight, Stay Cool, 13 Going on 30, and then some other movies I haven't heard of. Wow. So either they've made a lot of money or they accidentally put this in public domain. <laughs> I don't think they did. I think I think they are. Uh, uh, their houses in that video look Good pretty nice. Yeah, true. Well, after the album Warmer Side of Cool, which we talked about, only reached number 63, they went on to other projects mm-hmm. and the band disbanded in 1990. They were on hiatus until 1997, and they worked on all kinds of other projects. Hughes worked a little bit with Genesis. Uh, He also uh, scored Mm. the soundtrack for the movie The Guardian in 1990. Uh, 1997, they reunited Hughes and Feldman, and that's when they released their greatest hits that had the uh, original version of the song. Uh, and then in 2000, they played a few dates in the U.S. They headlined their own tour. They're also part of the Club 80s flashback tour with Flock Seagulls oh, wow. and Missing Persons. Um, however, Feldman did not finish what? the tour. What? What? He bowed out. And Hughes continued the tour with another bass player. And I think I know why. In 2001, Nick Feldman took a job as a&R director at Warner Music UK developing and promoting new bands uh, none of which I had heard of he then was an A&R guy at Sony Music and reunited with David Massey and they worked together there which is very cool so I have a feeling that's why he left the tour Uh, in 2005 they reunited again Hughes and Feldman they put a song on a compilation for the Southeast Asia tsunami crisis Hmm. And then they were on the TV series Hit Me Baby One More Time, 
I do not remember this. I think it's a UK show. And uh, they played this song. They played Everybody Have Fun. Um, And they also played this for video. This is a big AV episode. Oh, wow. Hank Chan covering here Nelly. They are covering hot Nelly Hot in Here. My God. It's cringy. It's super cringy. It's a bit cringe, right? Yeah. He looks like Mozart now. So He yeah. does look like Mozart. <laughs> That's appropriate, but. Oh, wow. It's cringy, but they kind of nail it. <laughs> Whose idea was this? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Fucking weird. Yeah. And then Jack Hughes left the band. <laughs> left the duo. 30, 30 years later. <laughs> and then Nick kept touring with Gareth Moulton from Cutting Crew singing all Jack's parts. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is so weird. That's weird. Uh, and then in 20, this is 2016. Okay. It's like, when you're a duo, like it's just not the same band. Yeah, like, that's very weird. 2017, they reunited again. Okay, uh, and they did a greatest hits album with the Prague Philharmonic Orchestra, which is very cool. And then that was that. That's all they've really been doing. Everybody, stay safe tonight. Well, what's the upcoming that's tour about, about then? I don't know. Hold up! Hold up! I saw, Are they touring? Well, I saw tour dates underneath the one of those YouTube videos. One of these days, we're going to look up these tours, and we're actually going to go. Well, I mean, I'm down. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Why aren't you on live? I'm going to email nope. our tour manager and say, hey, we made a podcast. Can we get on the list? <laughs> Utah, Colorado, California, Nevada. That's it. Oh, for all of, our, so, uh, all of our fans in those cities, states? Dude, Greek Theater, LA, August 28th. <sighs> see you there? I mean, we got enough time <laughs> to plan for it. Oh, they're playing. They're playing Bakersfield. Who are they playing with? It'll be fun. I don't know. It's probably one of those like awesomely '80s tours again. Got to be right. Let's see here. Um, yeah, Lost '80s Live. Lost '80s Live. Flock Seagulls, Wang Chung, English Beat, Men Without Hats, Missing Persons, uh, Animotion, and I don't know any of the other bands. Metal Drumarama. Uh, we're gonna hit a bunch wow. of. You wanted to hit faves. What a. Who's going to this? <laughs> I'm sorry. We are. <laughs> Lost We're gonna knock live out 20th anniversary tour. We're going to knock out so much content for the pod. I mean, we're going to, you know what? If we can get We're interviews, gonna go. I'm down. We're going to record ourselves the whole time. That'll be an episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, I love Flag Sequels, so. That's a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Good luck getting that song out of your head. Please remember to subscribe so you know when the next episode is out. And if you listen on Apple, write a review, but only if it's nice. Follow us on Twitter at YWAHpod and let us know what you think. Or tell us what we missed by sending us an email at YWAHpod at gmail.com. And lastly, share with a friend if you had a good time. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Beidler. And our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time.